0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. There's a certain joy that comes from watching your child have a healthy appetite. Equally, it's worrying and frustrating when they're fussy eaters. Dr. Jen Cohen from the University of New South Wales Medicine has been working in childhood nutrition for more than 15 years, specialising in pediatric oncology nutrition. She also helps parents manage when they have a fussy eater. She's here to help us with both prevention and management of fussy eaters. Hi, Jen, how are
1: you? I'm good, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. How do you define a fussy eater? so we actually don't have any formal definition of fussy eating but what we tend to say is that if your child is having less than 20 different foods and also tends to refuse whole food groups then we call them fussy and in most cases kids like to refuse vegetables as a food group but that's not always the case it can be also some kids refuse sort of all meat and meat products so um, it's those kind of two things together is what we would call a fussy eater. And is there a particular age when children start to get fussy? Yeah, so we generally say fussy eating will start around about 18 months of age, though in the case of my kids, I think it was like 10 months. Um, so it starts <laughs> at about 18 months of age and it peaks around the two, two and a half years and then slowly sort of improves up to about the age of five. And we, um, So we normally say by about the age of five there's only about 10% of kids are still fussy at that age. <laughs> And um, if we kind of know that's the
0: onset and we are watching our children suddenly become quite picky and fussy, are we able to implement strategies at that point um, before they've started completely refusing all vegetables or or meat? Is it possible to actually put in strategies at that time
1: that will stop them getting more fussy? I think there's a couple of... um points to that. So I think, like we said before, fussy eating is... Is a normal part of toddler development. I think that's really important for parents to remember. So up to 50% of kids will probably be fussy at some times. I always say that stat because that's what the research says, but I always think it's actually a much higher than that. And if you speak to enough parents, all kids are fussy at some point. So I think it's important to remember that fussy eating is a normal part of toddler development. There is going to be a time and probably could be long periods of time where they don't want to eat the foods that they used to like when they were younger. And I think that's important to remember as a parent because our aim is actually not to stop the fussy eating because you can't necessarily stop that because that's part of their development what we're trying to stop is that fussy eating continuing as they get older so basically that fussy eating getting worse because what can happen is the fussy eating that we know which is they're just refusing a few foods here and there um you know for a time periods can then turn into food aversions or food Food phobia and that's the things that we're trying to avoid it's not the fussy eating it's the long-term consequences of fussy eating down the track so that we can prevent okay so let's just say we have a
0: child who is only eating white pasta (laughs) as i know there are many parents out there dealing with this right now very true yeah, What are we meant to do in that scenario? Because I know when my daughter in particular was really fussy, we would just end up cooking for her and then cooking for us. So we had two meals yeah. and it was so limited in terms of what we could make for her. You know, one night it's chicken nuggets. The next night it might be um, sausages. The next night we're back to chicken nuggets. You know, you yeah. don't have, yeah. especially if it's a white pasta, <laughs> You're just looking at it going, oh, my God, I'm the worst parent ever. But how do you get around that? Because
1: it's it's you don't want them to starve. Yes, and it's very true. And, the you know, what you're talking about with your daughter is really going to be the case for lots of families. And it might not be white pasta, it might be white rice or, something, or crackers, but it is the same thing. So I think there's two, as I like to say, fussy eating is not always that simple, but I think there's two things we need to look at. First we need to look at is the obsession with the, you know, one or two types of foods and not eating much variety, is that something that's a new thing or that's been going on a long time? So if your child has, you know, you started solids with them and they've always been fussy, like they, you know, in the early days, they never took a variety of foods, they've only ever taken white foods, then in that group, we're actually looking at, is there something else going on? So if your child has been fussy from the age of six months, then it's likely that there's other reasons for their fussy eating above and beyond this normal fussy eating. So with those kids, we actually need to look at what's going on because the reality is, is for those group of kids, there are other things that has to happen for them to get, um, you know, to start enjoying food and wanting to eat food. And so the reality is the tips that I'm about to give now is not going to help with that group. So The group that start from fussy from six months for whatever reason, and we can talk about that more later, those group this is not going to work for. But what I'm talking about is the group that, you know, ate solids well, took good textures, you know, loved their fruits and vegetables, like you said at the start, you know, the joy of watching them eat the food that you cook, and then they hit sort of 12 to 18 months and they stop eating those foods and they start only wanting white food. So that's the group I'm talking about. And what we want to do in that case is one of the most important or a few of the important things at this point in time is to continue to um, provide those foods that they don't want to eat and can keep exposing them to those foods. But what you what your aim for is not to get them to eat those foods, it's that constant exposure about foods. And it might take, you know, 10 or 20, 30 or even 50 times for them to want to start eating those foods again, but you need to keep exposing them to those foods. So what we would then suggest at a meal time is is a saying going around called what you want to do is considered, not catered meals. So you don't want to just serve only foods that, you know, they're going to eat because that's much easier for us after a stressful work day, but it's not teaching them good habits. So what you want to do is serve a combination of liked foods and new foods. So in your case, you would still serve, you know, you know, the, the, the white pasta or, you know, the chicken nugget that you know that you, they will like, but you also want to serve it alongside the foods that your family is eating. So it's about considering, you know, doing both foods that they like and also new foods that so they're constantly exposed to it. But when you serve those new foods, what you don't want to do is make a big deal about it. It's not asking them to take a bite. It's not asking them to have, you know, just have a taste of it. It's more about exposure. So it's about keeping calm at meal times, having those foods there around the table, you as a parent or as a grandparent, or as a carer, eating those foods so they're modeling it but not making a big deal about it so it's about doing both it's serving those foods that you know they'll eat alongside the foods that you want them to eventually like Now, I am fascinated with this idea
0: of exposure because um, I remember when my kids were small, I was told that by nutritionists and I thought it was the biggest load of bull (laughs) because I'm like, oh, my God, what a waste of food and why would that make a difference? And, of course, the only vegetable I insisted on always giving my kids was broccoli and they ended up eating it. So um, I'm hand hand up saying I was a fool and I really (laughs) should have listened to the experts, but um, what's the science behind simply exposure them to food you know it's yeah. so
1: simple but how why does it even work so we I, you know the reality with fussy eating is a lot that we still don't know but you've always got to think of fussy of food as th- there's so 50% of our fussy eating actually comes is part of our genes so you know there is what they call a almost like a survival mode with food so back if you think about back in the caveman days when that, you know they didn't know what food was that, you know, food that was bitter often meant it was poisonous and that if they ate it, they would get sick and not survive. So we think there's an evolutionary part to eating and how we perceive flavours and foods and that we're naturally scared of those bitter and like sour kind of foods because it meant poison. So those of us who are more sensitive to those bitter flavours we would have eaten the food, we would have spat it out and we would have survived and passed that gene on. Whereas for those of us probably like me who don't taste the bitterness and we just eat it and we're like, oh, this is so good and then we eat the poison and die, we're not going to (laughs) pass the gene on. So there is very much an evolutionary part. It's it's almost like it's ingrained in our genes to be fearful of foods, especially those bitter and sour foods. And it sounds weird. It's like how has caveman days going to influence what my kid does now? But it's all part of our genetics and that is part of it being Fearful of that um, bit of food, a bit scared of it, and also that taste of it so what we 're doing is we 're trying to fight those caveman genes, which is to you know show someone that it's you know it 's a safe food that we, and that 's why you know you eating it as a you know as a parent or a care is so important because you 're actually trying to override those genes of that naturally being fearful of something new and and in you know, the realities is toddlers are fearful of everything new and so it's, <laughs> it's it's not just about food it's just that we place more emphasis on food as a parent because you know if a child is fearful of a dog it's fine but if they're fearful of food then they don't eat and we, you know, it's, it's, it's a scary thing so what we're doing is trying to make food safe and happy and calm and not to be afraid of it and so that's when exposure is important because they want to see you eat it they want to see it on their plate but what we don't want to do is make them more fearful and that's where they just have one more bite or trying to force them or make them sit there all night, which we've all did, you know, when we were young. We all had those memories. <laughs> yes. I have it now. Um, yes. So we want, to, we want to make sure that food is fun and happy but not fearful and that's where that exposure comes in is taking away that fear. And you know, we say it can take up to 10 or 15 times, but you know what, in some cases it can be even longer. And as I said, this is these are for the kids who, you know, started well with their eating and then sort of, you know, got fussier over time. But the kids who have been fussy from younger, that's a whole nother group that, you know, this is never going to work for because we need to look at their other reasons for their fussy eating.
0: So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, actually now that you mention it, Mm. they were fussy from the very start. Yeah. where what do they do how how do you assess that situation and and where do you go for help
1: yeah well I think it's, this is where it gets hard because it there's lots of different reasons for fussy eating and, and people don't talk about that so there could be those who are called super tasters so they're the ones who really hate the the flavor of bitter foods um to the point that it's really a, like it makes them feel sick generally that's very genetic so there might be one parent or one you know parent in the family who just has never eaten vegetables you know you get the story from the um from their mum going oh they never ate vegetables and they still don't eat it that could be a genetic thing so we've got the super tasters we've got those kids who have got sensory processing disorder or are quite sensory. So they're the kids who don't like playing in dirt, don't like the feel of tags from their clothes. They don't like loud sounds. There's lots of those peripheral things that are going on, but generally it also then comes down to food as well. So they might not like the texture of food or the feel of it is quite sort of scary to them. So that's another group. And then another reason for fussy eating could be that kids haven't learned to chew and swallow properly because they haven't been exposed to sort of more solid textures so for the kids so for example for if you've got a child who you know won't get off puree foods and they like they vomit and gag and they're just not chewing foods then what you'd probably see is a pediatric speech pathologist who specializes in feeding if they had sensory issues you'd probably see a pediatric occupational therapist because they deal with lots of sensory issues Um, and then if it's the supertasers they're the hardest group i hate to say but you could also then talk to say a pediatric dietitian again who specializes in feeding to having a look at what are the reasons for fussy eating so it's definitely to go to one of those specialists and going to one of those specialists as early as possible because the reality is if they're fussy at nine or ten months we've got to look at what's going on because they're probably not going to grow out of it Jen thank you so much for your time today it's so interesting thank you so much for having me